Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Greater St. Stephen Missionary Baptist Church, coming to your homes live from Portland, Oregon. We are a people of worship, work, and prayer, ready to serve the Lord, ready to serve with the community, and ready to withstand the enemy. Thank you for choosing to worship with us today. It is our prayer that during our worship experience that your love for God will be intensified, your faith be stirred, your hands get to clapping, and your feet get to dancing. After this song of preparation, be prepared to join Pastor Kimberly K. Black and the Greater St. Stephen's Church family as we bless the Lord.
We um, are having prayer every Tuesday and Thursday at 8 p.m., so you want to call in to the prayer line and Wednesday night Bible study. We will, uh, during snow, we will follow uh, the snow days like they do for Portland Public Schools. If Portland Public Schools are closed, we will be closed. You will receive a text message or a phone call stating, stay at home, call Block Talk. Amen? So we don't know what the weather has in store for us, but we want to be prepared and let you know that we will operate on inclement weather, and we want to be safe. Amen? That's my concern is that we are safe. Um, I, I'm truly grateful to God. We met with our ministry leaders on yesterday. Yes, yes. We had a high time in the Lord, and we're ready to serve um, our church and get our church equipped to serve the community. Because a church without a community and a community without a church is unacceptable. And so we're getting ready, amen, we're getting ready. And so we are excited about what God is doing in our midst. Let us go before the Lord in prayer. Gracious Father, we just truly thank you for your presence. We thank you for just being God, being faithful, being kind, being wonderful. We thank you for this word, God, that has been prepared for us. God, I thank you for those who have studied the word on this week um, and for preparation for this time of lesson. God, I pray that we will hear what Paul was telling us in the book of Ephesians and that we would gird up our minds to do accordingly to your word. God, you bless those that are obedient to your word, Father, and you chastise those who are hard-headed to your word. God, we don't want to be hard-headed anymore. We want to be on the blessing side. We want to have a do-right spirit. We want to be obedient to your word, Father. So, God, bless us today as we listen attentively to your word, God. Help us to glean something today that we've never heard before as we've studied the Bible. God, we thank you for those that are gathered in this place. Thank you for those that are on the call. God, we pray that you be glorified, you be magnified. In Jesus' name we pray. I pray now that the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. Oh, God, you are my strength and my redeemer. It's in the mighty name of Jesus we pray. Thank God and amen. Amen, amen, amen. Amen. We are beginning a new quarter of our Sunday school. Amen. And um, the, the quarter uh, begins, this quarter is, is the theme of these next couple of lessons up until February is Jesus is Lord. Now, it's one thing to know his name. It's another thing to know who he is. I know what he has done. And so this quarter has three units that detail the early church's teaching about Christ. If we were in a seminary class, the professor would tell us what we are getting ready to learn is the Christology, ology, the study of Christ. Anything with ology at the end means study of what it is before. So this is the study of Christ, all right, teaching. These lessons from Ephesians, Philippians, and Colossians were written by who? 
Testament by Paul. They were written by Paul. They were written when Paul was in prison. Uh, go to, you can read and study more about that in the book of Acts because that's where we left off at, remember? And so and while Paul was in prison, these are called the prison epistles, all right? These books, Ephesians, Philippians, and Colossians, it draws us toward a deeper understanding of who Christ is. If you really want to know who Christ is, you need to make sure you grab a Sunday school book and you begin to study these next lessons from now up until February. I guarantee you by the time February comes, you will know who Christ is personally. Not not by what somebody else has said, but you will have had some firsthand experience as to who Christ is. Our lesson, the unit one, begins with, oh, let me stop, let me pause. Um, the other thing is um, we will know how to have an intimate relationship, not with each other, but with Christ. And that intimate relationship with Christ will help us with our relationship with each other. All right? So that's where it's first. It starts there first. You, I, I tell people that are getting married, if, if your boo can't trust God, don't love God, don't honor God, and don't respect God, they're not going to trust you, love you, or honor you. Come on, that's just the truth. Because it all starts here. At the head. Christ is the head of all. All right? So unit one talks about victory in Jesus. I don't care how bad you are feeling. I don't care how much the water is hot. I don't care how heat the hot is. As children of the most high God, we have the victory. That's a good place to shout right now. the victory. So these next five lessons from the book of Ephesians will we'll, we'll, we'll talk about the exaltation of Christ over all principalities, over all powers. So whatever it is you're going through, if you tap into your source of strength, you shall come out victorious. The first two lessons Proclaim the power of God as revealed in and through Christ. The third lesson considers the image of the church as the body of Christ as the head. The lesson four focuses on Christ as the light of the world. Lesson five is a, a, a metaphoric lesson which talks about the relationship between Christ and the church. Now, as I was preparing for uh, this series, I, I, I felt it important that I give us a little bit of information about the book of Ephesians. This is a Sunday school lesson, right? And we are a church that, that's learning and growing in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And it is my responsibility, as my assignment, I have been tasked to stir up something in you to create a desire within you to read the book for yourself. So, 
Ephesians was written by, we already said that, right? It is, it's, 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 it's a controversial conversation that Paul is having with the church of Ephesus. Ephesians had six chapters, okay? It's broken down in, in three parts. Um, chapter two talks about the church, the building, okay? Chapter one, verses 22 to 23, talk about the body. That's us, all right? Then it talks about the bride, Ephesians 5, 25 and 32. Two sections in Ephesians that we should let it call our attention to. Chapters 1 through 3 talk about how we are supposed to behave. Helps us with our identity. Anybody's mama ever tell you when you got ready, uh, when you was in your heyday and, and you was going out on the town to kick it on the town, did your mama ever tell you don't get out in the streets and ask no food because you my child? Did, did your mama ever tell you that? Don't don't you don't you? Kamisha shook her head. No. You 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 you're not gonna mess up our name, right? You you got that talking to right? Don't get out there and act no fool and mess up our name. Well, Ephesians is going to teach us how to not get out on the streets and act the fool and mess up his name. Because that's who, that's, who, that's who we serve. We are his children, right? And we are supposed to act like our father. So chapter 4 through 6. Now, 1 through 3 talks about what? Our identity and how we are to behave and conduct ourselves. Chapter 4 through 6 talks about how the church to behave and conduct themselves, how the church is supposed to do service to each other and to the community. Now, we started the year out for our church anniversary, talking about our responsibility to the community. We still have that responsibility, all right? So the Ephesians is, is, is really going to teach us some stuff, going to talk to us about the unity of God and then how to have unity with each other. Anybody excited about that? Amen. There are some key words. If you're taking notes. I know Mother Glow is on the phone this morning, and I know she likes to take notes, and Mother Mays and Mother Kim, they like to take notes. I've got some key words because as you're reading through the book of Ephesians, you'll be able to identify these words, and they'll pop up at you, and you'll get more excited because this won't be foreign to you. Amen? Let me tell you, the key words in Jesus Christ. Paul uses the word walk a lot. Walk here is not, Brother Kevin, it's not putting your right foot in front of your left foot. That's, that's, he's not trying to, he, he, we're not toddlers. He's not, you know, we're we not just learning how to walk. We didn't just put on a pair of stride right this morning. That's not the walk he's talking about. He's talking about the way you conduct yourself 
as you go to work, as you go to school, as you go to the grocery store, as you go to the doctor's office, as you hang out and kick it with your friends, how do you behave? How do you talk? How do you entertain folks? That's what that walk means. It's, it's the way you live. It's how you live it. Then there's the word together. Sometimes you see walking together, together. Okay? Then Paul uses the word therefore. Wherefore. I, 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 when I, I started writing revolutions, and, and they say you always have to use therefore and wherefore, and I was like, what do these words mean? There means that something has, has happened right here. And where means something has, has happened right there. I was once blind, but now I see. Come on now. It, it ain't rocket science. Then we'll see according to in heavenly places. That's a phrase, according to heavenly places. Then we will also find words like riches, riches in glory. Ah, come on now. Now, those riches ain't the riches of Bill Gates, Donald Trump. Oprah Winfrey, because they riches could be gone tomorrow. Well, I, let me change that. They could be gone tonight. But he is talking about the riches in glory that only belong to him. Who woke you up this morning? Come on now, Jesus. Who called you in your right mind? Who started you on your way? Who gave you the activities of your limbs? Those are the riches. Those are the blessings that we, his children, get every day. But today, our lesson introduces us to a, a blessing that we can't get from the store, can't get from mom and them, can't get from your boo thing. It, you, you cannot just walk down the street and, and so happen to find this. I mean, well, you probably could, but it's just not going to be that easy for you to, you know how you walk down the street sometime and you see something and you say, that look like some money. <laughs> you, you know how that, that is. It, it's not going to happen that way. You have to have an encounter. Therefore, wherefore, I was walking down the street and I ran into Elder Miniweather, I ran into Minister Lee, I ran into Brother Kevin, and wherefore, they, they, they told me all about a man that knew all about me. Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians was a good church, y'all. They were doing some good things. They was on fire for the Lord. Sound familiar? Sound familiar? Greater St. Stephen's is a good church. Greater St. Stephen's do some good things. 
Greater St. Stephen's is on fire. But let me tell you something here about this church in Ephesians. They got a little sidetracked. They got a little beside themselves because they started focusing on issues uh, around racism, sexism. They, they started uh, experiencing spiritual trauma and spiritual abuse in the church. And so they paid more attention to those things, being more political, uh, trying to make sure that they everybody crossed every and dotted every eye without recognizing that Jesus died for us all. He gave his life for us. Mother Brandy would say, whether you yellow, blue, green, Christ died for you. And that we cannot forget, greater St. Stephen, that Everybody that walks through that door is a child of God. Cannot let what they look like, what they smell like, what they got on hinder us from ushering them into the presence of the Lord. Cannot get sidetracked. Cannot. What what, what happened to the church of Exodus, they took their eyes off Christ while they were serving each other and the community, and they started serving the way the world would serve. Without loving kindness, without forgiveness, without remembering, I once was a sinner, but now I'm saved by grace. I probably won't get to all of this in Ephesians chapter 1 because really it's just a long conversation. Verses 3 through 14, it's a long, if, 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 if Paul had to turn this paper in to a teacher, that it gave him an F. It is a run-on sentence. From verses 3 to 14, it is a just a run on a sentence. He did put some periods and he did add some commas, but it's just going on and on and on. So let me let me make it quick. Let me make it quick because we, we're trying to do this time thing. We're trying to do things decent and in order, but still with the spirit of excellence. We've got to hear the word of God today because the word of God is what makes us stronger. It makes us wiser. It equips us. This book talks to us about how we are to be and how we are to reflect Christ-centeredness. You just can't be out here, what is it, going hog wild? Is that what it is? Buck wild? Not, and you want to hear? There's got to be some order in your life. There's got to be some discipline in your life. You got to know how to act. So here we find um, and I'm just going to try to give us some, some key words and some good things. Paul introduces himself in chapter 1, verse 1. He says, I, I'm an apostle of Jesus Christ. I'm a servant. 
every time we read one of his letters, he will, he will, in one of those chapters, he kind of get into it and talks about, I'm a servant and I'm worthy and I've done this and I've done that and this is who I am and this is why you need to listen to me. But in this one, he just said, I'm an apostle of Jesus Christ. It wasn't, you know, wasn't no big, long salutation because he wanted to get to the point because y'all is tripping. You know, sometimes you, you just, some people use God. You guys like, you can't beat around the bush with them. Some folks, you guys got to punch them where it's at, just hit them where it's at. Look at here. You tripping. That's what he did here. And he starts out by saying, y'all is blessed. Y'all see that word? Blessed. You are blessed by the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings. In where? Heavenly places. Not in the White House. Not at Trump Plaza. Not at the Nike's headquarters. In heavenly places. We are blessed because, I'm going to break this down. Before the foundation of the world, God thought about us. He thought about us enough that he had already said, they're going to mess it up. I'm, I'm going to create some good stuff. I'm going to create some beautiful. Did y'all see Mount Hood this week? Mount Hood looked beautiful. That was nobody but God. The owner of the lodge did not go out with a a a a, a a power machine and make that snow. <laughs> he did not. The snow did not come down the northeast wall, and it's still up there on Mount Hood. Only a God. So God said, I'm going to create stuff, and this is going to be beautiful. It's going to be magnificent. It's going to be splendid. Everybody's going to love what I make. I'm going to create mountains and valleys. I'm going to create sunsets and moonlight, oceans and rivers for my people to enjoy. That's what I'm going to do. So God already had us in mind. So he created all of this stuff, and then he said, well, you know what? I need somebody to enjoy it, so let me make rain." Created Adam, blew into him, created Eve. Now he said, y'all go out and be fruitful and multiply. From Adam and Eve, we got Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. You got Moses. All of them, all of them messed it up. (laughs) Set us up. And God already knew that. And so what he did, he gave us another blessing before we knew we was in need of a blessing. He gave us his son, Jesus. He said, I'm going to have to give my people something to redeem them and to bring them back to me so that I can love on them again and they can love on me again. I've got to have something that's going to close the gap. Abraham couldn't do it. Isaac couldn't do it. Jacob couldn't do it. It was Jesus. So that verse right there, verse 1, verse 3, is enough. If we don't read nothing else, we don't read enough. 
We've been blessed by God and then blessed by what his son Jesus did for us over 2,000 years ago now. I, I'm, I'm giving y'all black activity. Uh, in a land far, far away from Judea. Christ was crucified on the cross for the remission of my sins. Before I was even born, Christ hung on the cross so that I would not have to live in sin, die and go to hell. That's what's going to happen. If we continue to live in sin, we're going to get further and further and further away from God. The Bible says sin is what separates us from him. So we've got spiritual blessings in high places. According as he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Now, he didn't create us to be whoremongers and liars and gossipers and backbiters, drunkards, hypocrites. That's not why he created us. He didn't create us to be like that. We were already created blameless. We was already created holy. He said, I am holy, therefore you are holy. But we got grown. As old folks say, we start smelling ourselves. We started dipping and tipping, doing stuff we knew we didn't have no business doing. And the next thing we knew, we had got caught up living in sin. Every day, every night, 24-7. That's not why we were created. The scripture tell you right here, verse 4. Look at verse 5. says, you were predestined. That means there was a plan for you before you had a plan for you. Don't tell me God is not a God of order. He has a plan. He has a plan. And then he executes and he continues to execute and implement his plan. Elder, that's some work stuff for me right there. And we're talking about enrollment at Warner. And Dwight Sanchez has implemented, uh, uh, he has given us how to take the, 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 um, the enrollment from zero to, to thousands. But if we don't work the plan, if we don't put the plan into action, then the enrollment won't go up. But see, God is a bad man. Because he can take his plan and work his plan all around you. He don't need our permission. Because it's his plan. But he said he predestined, verse 5, he predestined us unto the adoption of children. Now, only psychopaths will adopt a child and mistreat it. I'm serious. I've never, I've never, seen, I've never seen anybody adopt a child and treat it bad. Because most folks that adopt children can't have children. And it's their heart's desire to want a child. But they, they, they want to love on this child. They want to nurture this child. They want to teach this child values, morals, and principles. They want to give this child the best education and show this child the best things in life. 
I'm telling y'all, I, we know we know people that give birth to children and they treat them bad. But I don't, I, I, I can't recall ever hearing anybody that was adopted, they was treated bad. I, we have a young man, a friend of the family was, that was adopted, and he was adopted. Um, he's Filipino and black, and the family that adopted him was some white Jewish people. Do you know he got the best education? He had traveled and been around the world. Uh, these folks wanted a baby bad. And so they treated him like he was a king. So uh, uh, that's what I know about adoption. So since my father has adopted me, and he loved me because he had a plan for me before I was even thought of, I know that he's not going to treat me just any kind of way. I am royal priesthood from a peculiar nation. Uh-huh, yeah, I am of the upright. Oh God, God, God. Then verse six. Let me, let me, let me move on here. He said, um, but, 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 let, let's pause here. Verse five. He did all this not for us, but that he may get the glory. That he may get the glory. That he may get the glory. Verse six tells us that right there. All praise, all glory, all honor belongs to him. Verse 7, some more key words. In whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sin, according to the riches of his grace, wherein he hath abounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known unto us the mystery of his will, according to the good pleasure which he hath purposed in himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of time he might gather together in all in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven, which are on earth, even in him, in whom also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of him which worketh all things after the counsel of his will, that we should be to the praises of his glory who first trusted in Christ. Y'all see why I said that was a run on? God trusted Christ. Christ trusted God. What does that mean about us? We got to trust him. Trust God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Can't leave out one of them. Got to trust all three of them. Got to trust them. Got to trust them. Got to trust them. What excited me about this lesson was that we can be forgiven. Verse 7 is, is where I'm, I'm, I'm going to just really talk about for a moment. Verse 7 tells us that we have redemption through the blood of the land. Anybody in here ever use coupons? Okay. And so you know that when you go to the store and, and you use your club number, you get some discounts. Right. Hallelujah. Thank you. Hallelujah. And then, then if you got coupons, you present the coupons, and you get some more discounts. 
which you then redeemed some money back. Redemption means I have brought you back by the blood that was shed for you on Calvary. So we we were loaned out to the world. We was loaned out to the world. Fussing, smoking, drinking, dipping, tipping, doing all of that. We were sold out to the world. Y'all know that when we was out in the world, we was doing our thing. Couldn't nobody tell us we wasn't having fun. Could nobody, couldn't tell us, but glory be to God, we can change all of that and still have fun. Not wake up with a hangover, not wake up with a black eye, not wake up next to something you didn't know what it was. I read something the other day. Oh, oh, on TikTok, I think it was, and 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 the boy told his mom, told his mom, he said, he said, I didn't realize that when when you conceived me, you was just a party animal, and you was you was just a drunkard, and you were drinking, you did some of everything, and he says, why? I don't even know why. You know, he said, why do I look like this? His mom told him, well, you better be glad you don't look like a dog. So when we out in the world, we'll be doing some of any kind of thing. But God has redeemed us. Why? His glory. He loves us. We knew that we was wretched under. Wasn't fit to live, wasn't fit to die. And we heard the smell that still small voice speak to us and say, child, come home, servant, come home. Your father is waiting for you. I've got a robe. I'm going to kill the fattest calf. I'm going to have a big old party. I'm going to give you some diamonds and some jewels. But most of all, I'm going to give you a clean slate. I'm going to give you a clean slate. I'm going to wipe away all the drunkard nights, all the homelander nights, all the lying nights, all the wishing I was dead nights, all the depression nights, all the times you said I wish I wasn't here, all the times you said I'm living in fear, all the times you said that there is no victory in my life. I'm going to wipe away all your sins. going to wipe them away. I'm going to forgive you. I'm going to throw them into the sea of forgetfulness. Never to remember them no more. I'll never bring them up again. I'll never talk about them again. Can't got to worry about reliving that trauma again because I love you. Now let me pause and say, and he did that for us. We're supposed to do that for each other. Stop making people live in past trauma because you keep bringing up their past. Stop it. God doesn't do it. Why do we do it to each other? So we have redemption. We have forgiveness of sin. 
He, he, he erases it. Isaiah 43 and 25, if you need some scripture, he erases it. He doesn't count it against them. Romans 4 and 8. He doesn't remember our sins. Hebrews 10 and 17. He cleanses our conscience so that we may walk in newness of life. Hebrews 9, 14, 10 and 22. Those are the spiritual blessings that we have, my brothers and sisters. And we get them daily. We get them daily. So choose this day whom you will serve. Know that somebody's watching our life trying to decide, am I going to live for Christ or am I going to continue to live for the devil? Don't be a stumbling block for somebody's life. We were created to be holy, to be blameless. Holiness is not a denomination. It's a lifestyle. So what you got on some lipstick? So what you got on some fingernail polish? So what you got on a pair of pants, sister? You can still be holy. Brethren, you can still be holy. You don't have to do like everybody else. You don't have to be like daddy and them. You can break the curse. Live to be holy. Live to give God glory. Live to please him. And everything you do and say, it came on, it came on. Live to please him. Give him the glory. Give him the honor. Come on and clap your hands and bless the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Did not our hearts burn? Amen. The old folks used to say that, but you know what? Today, if you know that you know that you know you have a clean slate, amen, that he has done this for us, our hearts burn with the joy of the fact that God loves us today. We are here to help uh, with the communion today because of what Jesus has done. Amen. We want to remember the goodness of God. We want to commune together today. I don't know if Blog Talk is with us, but if you are there, we pray that you have something that you can participate in the communion of what Jesus has done for us today. By the grace of God, I, on last first Sunday, someone reminded me, they said, Elda, you, you led the communion, but you didn't allow us to examine ourselves. So this, this first Sunday, the word of God tells us today, he says, but let a man examine himself. And so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. Because when we eat and drink, we want to drink it worthily. Amen. We don't want anything to separate us from the love of God. We don't want anything to keep us from doing what God has called us to do. So, Lord God, right now, in your presence, oh God, as we come to commune, Lord God, honoring what you did through Jesus Christ. Father, help us to examine ourselves. Help us to lay down everything, anything that you point out to us. Because, Lord God, you let me see that my eyes can't see what you see. My ears don't hear what you hear. But, Lord God, I pray today 
that you would help us to examine ourselves, oh God, so that you can help us do the things that are pleasing to you. Because, Lord God, when we come, we want to come and be that holy person that you, that royal priesthood, that chosen generation that the pastor has presented to us today. For some, Lord God, it was a reminder, maybe for somebody who had forgotten, Lord God, you want us to know these things. So now, Lord God, help us to search our hearts. Help us to know, Lord God, that it is for your glory that you cleansed us, you filled us, you washed us. Now, Lord God, be glorified in everything that we do, everything that we say, Lord God. Use us according to your plan, according to your purpose, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Hallelujah. The word of God tells us today, my brothers and sisters, it is our prayer that you are ready and able to commune with us today. The word says, for I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, he took bread. And when he had given thanks, he break it and said, take, eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. Shall we eat? Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. After the same manner, also he took the cup when he had stopped saying, this cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Shall we drink? Hallelujah, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. We just want to say today, we are grateful to God. Amen. We are grateful for the word of God, which not only encourages us, it, it, it teaches us how God wants us to live. As the pastor encouraged us today, let's get excited about what God has in store for us through the book of Ephesians and Philippians and Colossians. So we'll know how to live, how to represent him as a body of believers, and how to treat one another. Amen. Amen. God bless you today. If there's, if we are all done for the day, may the Lord bless you. I'm going to ask that you stand with us as we receive our benediction. The Lord is good. He is worthy to be praised. We praise him for who he is. Amen. Now may the grace of God and the sweet communion of the Holy Spirit rest, rule, and abide with each of us until we are able to meet together again. What I say unto one, I say unto all, watch. Pray and live holy every day. God bless you all. Have a wonderful week in Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you.